We don't do that here. But the quickly maybe we go into this quickly like Raul Rosas did <laughs> and then we'll burn out at the end there <laughs> what are we, we going to be inexperienced as well <laughs> <laughs> well it's only like episode four so yes yeah absolutely sure. okay this is the ultimate fucking casual who is the ultimate casual that's me I'm Leo I'm joined by Chief and Nathan to discuss all things MMA Oh, uh, do you guys have the outline up, or should I share? Uh, I've got it up. All right. I have it up as well. Cool. So, let's get started off the beginning. We're going to be going with... We have some other stuff, but UFC 287, I just finished watching it. Something that's semi-related is I noticed that there's an extreme decline in the quality of UFC. They are being sponsored by the Air National Guard, not the Marine Corps. So that company's in the bin. It's time to sell your stock now. <laughs> uh, another well, thing. Think, oh, go ahead. I was just going to say, in their defense, they had to pay Trump for his annual appearance. So. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, oh. Uh, Does Rock get paid as well, do you think? <laughs> Did you see that? It was, uh, it was Dana Kid Rock. Uh, Mike Tyson and uh, Trump all sat together. It's a crazy picture. Well, Trump is a fight That's one fan. One hell of a lineup. Trump yeah. is a fight fan. He's been a fight fan. I know he like when he had his Atlantic City hotel casinos. He used to host fights. He's the, yeah, I, I've seen a few. I think Roy Jones fought there a couple of times. I'm sure I've seen those fights there. Uh, mm -hmm. Yeah, he's and, he's he's long in it. Yeah. Trump was one of the early UFC supporters too, and they were trying to get up off the ground, and a lot of people didn't want to take him. I think Trump hosted a couple events at his at his venues. D Dana said before that like Trump's been like a good friend and ally to him. Like, he, so I imagine like politically, he's probably done some things to help uh, Dana out as well. Might have. <clears throat> Wouldn't surprise me to be honest with you. They, they seem to yeah. be cut from the same kind of cloth. Um, Octagon MMA. I hadn't heard about this until I was watching one of the boxing cards that they had on uh, last night. So this is on the uh, zone. If you want to pay twenty-five dollars a month for that shit, you, you've got a uh, bigger problems than I can help you with. <laughs> um, this one I didn't hear about. UFC and WWE are merging into TKO. What? What is this? I didn't hear about this. Yeah, so uh, WME have uh, they've they've purchased the um, they purchased WWE and they're joining. I th I think I think it's like a tax and a stocks thing, so they don't have to pay too much tax on it. Mm -hmm. They're mer they're merging the companies into the TKO parent company, but as far as the structure of um, the stocks and stuff go, uh, Vince is chair is chairman of the board. And Dana's just a board member, so in reality, Vince has got more say over what's going on for TKO than Dana does. But they've they've been stressing in press conferences and stuff that it's going to stay the same. Dana's going to be allowed free reign to do what he wants UFC-wise, yeah. 
and uh, the guys over at WWE are gonna gonna basically do what they've been doing as well. Yeah, bring them under the same umbrella, pretty much. Not nothing really changes as far as operations. Yeah. Uh, PBC is related to WME, aren't they? Uh, or am I thinking of something else? Waddell Reed, that was their their big uh, VC. Oh, there's a rumor William Morris endeavors to buy PBC that I've just found with that, Google. I expect that might get put under the TKO umbrella as well. Mm. Just as like a yeah. combat sports sports entertainment. Makes, makes sense, doesn't it? Oh, speaking of sports entertainment, Anthony Pettis gets the majority oh, decision over Roy Jones Jr. Oh, oh dumb, man. What, do you have to do this one? Yes, we <laughs> do. Because Anthony oh. Pettis makes his pro boxing debut and beats the living legend, Roy oh, Jones. The guy who won't stop fighting. <laughs> yeah, long past his expiration date. Um, this that was um that was pretty this best way I can put it is like pathetic. Roy Jones looked pretty shitty against Mike Tyson some a while back, and he's mm. still doing it. Good. The thing gracious. is, I'm I, I'm so much of a fanboy of Roy. Like he was like one of the reasons why I fell in love with boxing. Fell in love with boxing originally. Like I tune into the events because I have to watch them. Like because it's my boy Roy. But like it's also fucking painful having to watch his sad decline and like the state of him. Like, why don't you just get on some testosterone or something? You know, get juicy like a uh, Vitor is. Maybe you can get back to his former self. But yeah, it was it was sad to see Pettis basically just walk Jones around for the rounds and you know get the fucking decision victory. Mm. But so, I. Oh. I noticed this was a majority decision. Was that just like a honorary majority decision to not discredit Jones, or was it actually like reasonably I close? J J I watched it till about round six or seven, and I turned it off to watch uh, the Formula One. And Roy, I think I gave Roy a couple of rounds, but it was more because Pettis wasn't doing a lot. Okay. Might have been like a save face kind of thing. Yeah, maybe. Hmm. Guys who did not need to save face, uh, starting our recaps. Holy shit, I'm good at these transitions. Saturday, April 1st, uh, Gamebred had a boxing event in Wisconsin where they had a lot of uh, UFC MMA alumni. Uh, the one that I did see very closely was uh, Aldo versus Stevens, which ended in a draw. But like, that was a banger. Yeah, that was a really, really good fight. Um, considering these guys are coming from the MMA world and they're moving into boxing, they look pretty, pretty good. Um, I, I, th I think that they look uh, the best compliment you can like pay to it is they looked like they belonged in a boxing ring. You know, they didn't look awkward. The styles weren't weird. It, it, it was good boxing viewing, in my opinion. Yeah, I agree. I mean, they look. They definitely looked like they belonged, and it, you know, they they showed off some interesting skills. It's like it, the stuff they do in MMA just translated a lot better than you're used to seeing, and it was actually a really competitive fight. Yeah, absolutely. So that's kind of all you can ask for, because like there's no real like 
there's nothing on the line here. This is just for the fans. So just seeing an event like this and have it not be like shit is that's a win in my book. Just a little bit of entertainment. Yeah. Yeah, no one's like kidding themselves into thinking like all oh, those going to fight uh, Errol Spence for the welterweight <laughs> titles. Like this the shit's not happening. We all know that. <laughs> yeah. But they look fine. They look good. They definitely like the the difference in how like how they've trained up to this level was apparent in how you guys put it with they, they look different they look like they belong but they were also not like typical quintessential totally boxers yeah yeah um vito belf vitor belfort getting the decision over ronaldo santos this one i didn't see uh, is there anything worth noting here yeah do you do you want to go there if you saw this one so I missed this one. I only had oh. saw parts of Aldo and Pettis were the only fights I was able to see for this. Oh right, I feel like I'm taking over the pod here, but um, I, I watched this fight and it was awful. Like um, Jacare ran out of steam, like after like round two or three, and the rest of the fight was just Vitor basically wailing on him, trying to get the knockout shot that never came, and it was just it was kind of sad to watch, to be honest. So this is the other side of the coin, where Aldo and Stevens look pretty decent, Belfort and Santos you, not so much. Yeah, ex- absolutely. Like Aldo and Stevens did so much to credit MMA with their boxing, like showing, and then Vito and thing come out and they just absolutely shit on it and bring it down to the level it was before. Uh, moving ahead, we had a PFL event in Las Vegas. This one I didn't see. Um, I was told that PFL is pretty fucking lame, so not sure what's worth noting here. <laughs> yeah, so well, so I added this. Um, I had no desire to talk about PFL, but I noticed that Marlon Moraes was on the card and that he lost, um, which is kind of notable because uh, Marlon went to war with Henry Cejudo a couple years ago and at one point was winning the fight before... He ended up losing. He used to be a top contender. Um, if you he's the... just been on a terrible tear recently. Like he's he's lost like five or six fights in a row, and I think losing on PFL that just has to be the death of his career. So I wanted to take a moment to uh, to remember the career that that once was. I guess. Have you, have you noticed it's at featherweight as well? In the UFC, all his fights were at 135. So he's he's gone up a weight class to fight this guy as well. Uh, I'm not surprised he got knocked out. So, R.I.P. the P being PFL. <laughs> yeah. Rest in PFL. Sorry, Marlon. Uh, wow. Marlins. Perfect transition. UFC 287 in Miami. The Miami-Dade Arena. We had the rematch, the MMA rematch of uh, Israel Adesanya versus Alex Pereira. This uh, this card was entertaining, top to bottom, for me. Um, so let's go from the bottom up. Uh, Raul Rosas, uh, Chief, you had picked him to win over Christian Rodriguez. <laughs> you called for Christian. Um, honestly, guys, this, that fight was super entertaining. Um, I think uh, Raul Rosas is like his, uh, he, you know, he blew his load, pause, in the first round. But. Christian Rodriguez kept his composure. Like, they kept saying that. Uh, the commentary kept saying, like, keep your composure, keeping calm. 
uh, cool under fire, that type of stuff. And I mean, that's the best assessment that you can give it is that like Rodriguez kept his kept his composure and let uh, the younger. We were talking about this chief before we started recording. That Rosas yeah. is a little bit more inexperienced. Um, he's a younger guy, so his like he's still in his climb. He's still learning things. Um, what can he take away from this from this fight? Um, I think I think he'll go back and I think he he should focus on grappling a lot because he seemed to be quite lost on the ground. I thought he looked a bit helpless at times. Now whether that was the fatigue getting to him, it's hard to tell, but. Yeah, I think he, he's gonna he's gonna learn about energy management, isn't he? Like blowing your load early on like that. It, it, it unless you like somebody like Conor McGregor and you can knock guys out. You, you know you can starch them early before your gas tank runs out. It's it's an okay strategy, but he came up against a guy here who could just like weather the storm, and I like you were saying kept his composure. So he'll he'll learn a lot from that fight. Uh, Nathan. Since you picked Rodriguez for the win, um, that's I think we'll just call it one point in the the new uh, ultimate scoring system. Uh, so, what does Rodriguez gain from this? Like, where does he move? How far up the uh, up the ladder in bantamweight does he move? Like you guys mentioned, we talked about uh, last time that bantamweight is pretty stacked. There's a lot of guys up at the top. Yeah, it's hard to see him moving up too terribly far i mean this is a good win but it's also like you know like you mentioned phantom weight is just so stacked it's hard to see him moving up you know i mean he'll he'll be he'll keep himself around i think does he he's still fighting for a ranking isn't he yeah, yeah they're this, fight, th this fight was for a ranking i think or it okay was like meant so, to be. so potentially if uh yanez falls out because he just we'll talk about him in a moment maybe that spot's open so i mean he he may have earned himself a ranking here maybe around 14 or 15 but um you know he didn't look he didn't look bad in this fight but it was i personally i don't know if i saw much there to say oh wow he's gonna crack the top 10 soon or go any further than that but um yeah i mean that's just sort of my take on him it's kinda... congrats on your ranking but you're probably going to get get wrecked by someone yeah I think so he's, uh, he's unfortunate circumstances of being in a division that's really top heavy so yeah might not yeah have i guess if he if he gets a slower uh ways to the top like takes some of the guys in the teens on maybe that gives him a chance to kind of develop his game more but uh, you know it's it's difficult to be optimistic about his future when he's got so many great great guys ahead of him chief is that a fair assessment yeah, there's it's it's a bit like boxing, uh, like the if you imagine like the 130 to sort of 140 pound, like sort of chasm, and all the great guys that are in there. It it's similar to that in MMA at the moment. You've got like four or five guys at the top who are not only good, they're absolutely elite. And you imagine that division. Henry Cejudo's coming back now. You know he was the former champ, so it's. It's going to be even more difficult to, you know, climb up the rankings and even challenge for a title. Hmm. Well, moving up the card, this this is another one that I found really entertaining. 
But I'm just going to stop saying that because they all were. Uh, Kevin Holland, KO3 over Santiago Ponce Nibio. Uh, first question for Nathan. Was this was the stoppage bad? Santiago was upset with it. Was it a bad stoppage? Not at all. I mean, he was, he was like face down on the canvas. And, you know, he had the wherewithal to, you know, jump up. But that's only because the ref saved him, I think. I yeah. Think Holland goes on for three or four more seconds. He hammer fists him enough to not get up anymore um so I, I have no problem with the stoppage personally was it a good stoppage chief do you think do you agree with it well the th i think i think what the contrast is when if you watched it live the camera angle and sort of the tv direction that showed it i thought it was a bad stoppage at first but then i saw the angle where you see ponzinibbio's head like flat face to the canvas and I, as soon as I saw that and you can see sort of his expression, it, w it was a good stoppage. The ref did a great job there. He, w he was going to go out. It was, you know, yeah, undisputed. And it, it's in Santiago's, like, kind of best interest to sort of protest that, even if there's no way he could have continued. He's trying to show that he's tough and maybe he got a fight taken away from him. And it's like, you know, you kind of you kind of sell it even in defeat that – um, you know, because he was having a lot of success in that fight. Like, it, that was an interesting fight where he was honestly winning, I would say, most of the rounds, but Holland would land a couple big shots and kind of take it away from him. And that happened every single round. Um, so, you know, he kind of wants to sell himself as still being, you know, a viable, a viable fighter. So I understand why he protests, but it, it wasn't the right decision to let that continue, in my opinion. Yeah. Ponsonibia is one of them guys as well. He throws like really wild shit and it usually gets him into trouble. And it it didn't so much in this fight, but it has done in the past. Um, like you say, Holland would tag him with a couple of big shots and it'd sort of like swing the round in your mind because you think, oh, wait, he's landed something way heavier than anything that Ponsonibia has landed this round. Yeah, something that I noticed. Well, it was really obvious. Was uh, Holland's lead leg in the orthodox stance was completely trashed, and Santiago yeah. didn't seem to focus on that as much as he should have. Like he was really buckling Holland. He could have really made something happen with that as your your entry point, but didn't seem to take advantage of it. Um, not a bad stoppage. Uh, yeah, like the dude was faced like face literally on the ground. And if the ref hadn't pulled Holland off, that would have just been much worse for him in the long run. Yeah. But yeah, you gotta gotta try to save face a little bit. Like you you were able to jump up quickly because the ref pulled Holland off. Come on, buddy. Like, yeah. Totally compromised position. Um, now, speaking of compromising, you guys both picked Rob Font to win this one. Um, this was a KO one over Adrian Yanez. Uh, these both, both of these guys were ranked uh, six and twelve respectively. Uh, victory and defeat, or like a just a little bit of praise for Giannis and his loss. His striking, his boxing is incredible. He's he's really good with his hands. Unfortunately, you're going to need a little bit more than that. Uh, let's start with Chief here. Um, break down Font's victory. What was what were his best best success points? Well, I think with Font, everyone knows his jab is is his main weapon that he uses to set a lot of Pissed. his attacks up. 
Yeah, and it, it, like you say, it's piston-like, and I think I think when you've got a weapon like that, and you can develop a game around it, and you can develop some entries into sort of you know sequences and finishes, it's uh, it it really is something to be reckoned with. And I mean, we were Rufon's ranked six, right? This is the same division as Rosas and Rodriguez. Yeah. So ahead of Font, you've only got killers. And you you look at a guy like Font, like how he performed in that fight, he's number six. You know, like <laughs> what would have happened if he'd have faced Rosas, you know? It's uh it's a killer division. Yeah, Rosas probably would have not made it to the final bell. Oh no. Um Nathan, how do we assess Rob Font's future prospects based on this based on who's ahead of him how what are we looking at so i think this is actually a statement for rob that he truly is a contender especially when you look at his last couple fights you know he had a loss to marlin who we just discussed a little bit earlier he lost to jose aldo he did beat cody garbrandt but you know <laughs> kind of an older cody garbrandt didn't really mean much and then he lost to marlin vera over almost a year ago and so he's coming off a, a two-loss streak, hadn't fought in almost a year, and for him to come out and just blow a ranked opponent away like that, I think it says that he's definitely here to stay, for at least for the next maybe year or two. And, I mean, with a performance like that, you could put him against any of the top five and think, hey, there's a chance here. He's got more than a puncher's chance to uh, you know, pull off an upset here. So... And with, with Vera losing recently, I expect Font to move a ranking or two up. So, I, I think with, with his age and sort of the fights he's had before, I think you could say he's probably a gatekeeper in that bantamweight division, I'd say. That's exactly what I was going to ask, is if that's the position he falls into. Yeah, See, I think I think if a guy's coming up, I think the UFC would look to match him against Font if he's got a lot of hype as like the first stepping stone into maybe challenging for a belt yeah i'm not i don't know if i'm ready to call him uh, a gatekeeper just yet just if he had like you know meandered his way to a decision or a late stoppage i might have that opinion but just for him to blow you know yana's out of the water like that you know it's like i think he still maybe got a little bit more juice but he doesn't have a long runway he's like 35 yeah. His, oh, his time's no. coming. So. Yeah. He doesn't got, have a lot of time left. But, you know, if he moves up to fourth with Jan and Vera losing recently, and he fights, I don't know, maybe they match him with Sandhagen next. And yeah. That would know, be interesting. I wouldn't pick him. I, w I don't know if I'd pick him to win that fight, but if he were to put hands on him and win, you know, hey, there's a chance here. Yeah, he's a live dog at least. Mm hmm. Oh, well. Guess who didn't get blown out of the water? Was Masvidal. Uh, this was <laughs> well. this was like the least entertaining of just considering how fun all the other fights were. This ha this unfortunately gets the dud. Um, but still, it was still interesting. I thought um, trying to kind of frame it with an open mind, like it was a little bit more of uh, Burns doing his like his wrestling, really trying to get the takedowns. Is that something, is that like a known weakness for Masvidal? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think he's never... Sorry, Nathan, go on. I was going to say, he's never had, you know, phenomenal uh, takedown defense. He's sort of, he's got some all-around skills, but he's never been, like, 
truly great at anything except for maybe you know kind of his unorthodox striking at times but he's definitely vulnerable to that especially at his age i mean usman tore him apart uh on his takedowns and burns is a pretty good wrestler himself so uh that was not something he i thought he would be able to counter in this fight Colby as well. Colby used the wrestling to great effect mm-hmm. against Masvidal. He, he oh, knew it was Colby gonna... ragdolled him. Yeah, he really. He, he he dragged him into the deep waters with the stamina. I mean, Leo, you said uh, Masvidal didn't get blown out of the water. I kind of think he did. I think he got absolutely battered for three rounds. It wasn't close at all. And he, like we say, the striking is meant to be Masvidal's strong point, right? Burns was seemingly able to land that right hand over and over again and you'd think a guy like Masvidal would be able to react to that and adjust mid-fight but he just didn't at all and I think like saying he's had a 20-year career he didn't look great at the wins I think he looked a bit tubby this time out a bit he looked like he had a bit of fat on him you know he's going to enjoy retirement he's made some money he's been great for the sport he's you know hats off to Masvidal honestly he's been he's been good for the sport and entertainment in general to your point about the like Masvidal striking being his his strong point, um, yeah, I noticed that he was trying to chop down on Burns's legs throughout the entire night, but the, like those fucking tree trunks were not taking damage. I thought that was pretty impressive, especially considering how we saw that be a problem for uh, Kevin Holland. Yeah, the um. Burns was throwing a few kicks himself, but he seemed he seemed to do it like on as a counter to when Masvidal launched a strike that had missed. Um, but yeah, like you say, it looked like a game plan from Masvidal, didn't it? Chopped down the league leg of Burns, and that maybe could lead to a path to victory for him. Yeah, he didn't even clear the first hurdle there. He, he couldn't even <laughs> yeah. hurt him. But that's a credit to Burns. I mean, Burns has really upped his game. I think all the way around since the Usman fight, he's gotten significantly better. And his de- his defense, I mean, he, he checked some of those kicks pretty good. And, I mean, he's, he's clearly still tough as nails. So, you have to give Burns a lot of credit for that. Oof. So, anything more on Burns Masvidal before we move up to the main event? He, I, I, think, I think I'd just say um, it looks like Corby's going to get the next title shot. You'd think Burns has already had one a couple of fights ago. He's quite old. I didn't. I didn't realize how old Burns was. I think he's thirty-five or thirty-six. Yikes! He, he looks really he young. A, yeah, he does, and he's not been around for that long, really, in sort of the top echelons of the division. So I don't think he's got long left to go. He might have one more title shot in him, but uh, yeah, unless we'll he be... wants to be a lighter glover, then uh, you know, yeah, like like Chief said probably have he's got to get a, a title shot within a short amount of time if he wants to capitalize on this run of his yeah we'll be talking on the colby situation a little bit later uh let's hit the main event here israel adesanya uh so i would like to continue to cover my own ass here izzy looked had a pretty stoic demeanor coming into it walking up to the ring like the stare down as they were getting the final instructions all that stuff so all of the like the pre victory stuff he looked really like stone stone faced so i'm i'm going to keep keep harping on that as the uh the stoic nigerian 
Um, <laughs> but he gets the KO into Revenge, gets the title back. Um, I think it was Chief, you mentioned that this is kind of like a crossroads situation for Adesanya, right? Because like, if he can't beat Pereira, then what else is there for him to do? Yeah, th this fight had ramifications for the whole division. Like, because I think I, I think of a guy like Robert Whitaker, he's lost to Izzy twice. But the thing is, if Pereira was champ, he could probably go at Pereira and he might have had a chance to win. But now Izzy's back as the champ again. Whitaker probably isn't going to get a title shot anytime soon. You know, so there's all sorts of dominoes falling with this fight. Um, I, th I think uh, Izzy said it himself after the fight. He sort of rope Pereira, didn't he? He sort of invited Pereira in to throw a few shots, and then he just yeah. like, landed that that smashing right hand, and yeah. it, it just completely discombobulated Pereira. Yeah, that's what they were talking about. Was he was going to use Pereira's aggressiveness against him, which is exactly what happened. Like Pereira had him on the he had him at the fence, and hands and letting his hands go and then sweet counter and that was it um and and leo did you notice what punch he happened to be countering on that finish because i think that's really worth mentioning um i saw him th he threw was it a left left hook that was yeah, the counter he threw he threw his left hook which people have been calling one of the most devastating punches in yes. combat sports ever or at least in current times, and that's what he went after. He he countered Alex's most dangerous weapon and was right on the money and knocked him out. I think that's insane. Yeah. But he he's got he's it shows that he for sure has got nerves of steel because I don't think there's anyone else that's gonna try and do that to Alex, knowing the consequences of failing that counter. So I mean he just just the the balls to go do that i mean I've, he's earned a lot of respect in my book for even daring no, knowing that he's lost three times to this guy as well and everyone's talking about like how Pereira's is this new monster in the division and he's going to go up and get another belt as well and for izzy to come into that and like you say counter Pereira's most dangerous weapon which izzy's felt before when he got knocked out by him you know that's He's, he's got real mental fortitude. I think in the speech he did after the fight, is he? I think you could kind of see it shining through, couldn't you? You know, he was, he was trying to sort of be positive for everyone and not sort of do the typical hate or call people out bullshit. Yeah, this was his mountain to finally climb and conquer. And that was the only thing I think on his mind once he won. Yeah. My, my respect for is he's gone up a lot with this fight. He's, he's gone up a lot in my estimations after this fight. I was, I was talking to Noir about this after the fight, and I kind of said something along the lines of, this is kind of him reestablishing himself as that exciting, elite, high-level striker that kind of we all sort of fell in love with the first time around. Like, yeah. that's this is the Izzy that, you know, kind of captured the the sports attention in the first place and we haven't seen that in a long time we've seen more laid back <laughs> the, he's gonna take a technical Yoel, decision you know the Yoel Romero one that's the easy we've been saying right <laughs> you know just really cautious a lot of leg kicks you know trying to avoid wrestling yeah it's this this is the easy that we fell in love with the guy that you know throws wild counters 
and you know can just dodge and duck and dive and find a way to find the chin. Need to make a boxing versus MMA situation. Is Israel's bow and arrow better than Caleb Plant's gravedigger? <laughs> oh. Well, what he did with the sun, did you see that, Leo? No, no, I didn't. I so, it pretty so, so in the, I think in their first fight in kickboxing or the second one, the one where Izzy got knocked out, Pereira's son got into the ring and he like laid down like, like mocking Izzy, oh. you know, like pretending <laughs> to be knocked out. So after, so after he did the bow and arrow thing, Izzy, he uh, went on the cage and he found the son and pointed him, got his attention, and then he did the same thing. He like fell on the floor to like act as if he was knocked out. <laughs> it's, it's a That's pretty fun. petty thing to do with a kid, isn't it? Yeah, it is. <laughs> but that's pretty yeah. funny, though. It is. That's that's. Good. Yeah, I think so. <clears throat> I think this this taunt had so much more kind of context and history behind it that. In, in some ways it's better than you know the gravedigger from Caleb Plant but just from a random spur of the moment thing I, that gravedigger is going to have a special uh, place, place yeah. in my heart I mean that, yeah. that was beautiful out of nowhere kind of thing but this was awesome too I love that <laughs> good stuff uh, yeah that was that was great uh, Izzy I like I've I didn't know his name for a while Obviously, when I got him mixed up with Usman, but still, like, it's, uh, he's, he's great. Really great, great to watch. Really fun. Anything more before we move into our previews, which there's not a whole lot of them. Yeah, um, it looks like Pereira's going to go to light heavyweight. And uh, do you think he can become champ up there, Nathan? Absolutely. Depends on who he gets, though. Um I think him versus Yuri would be an awesome fight if if they ever get matched up. Yeah. Um, I think he has a I think he has a chance of dethroning Hill. I think he still needs to work on his wrestling. We didn't see that any in this fight, but going forward, that's still going to be a concern for him. Um, did you see something about him moving up? I I was really curious to see if there was going to be any trilogy talk for how many the UFCs had in recent years. Izzy came out and said he's not interested in the trilogy fight at all. He said he's oh yeah if he okay. If he, if he if he wants it, he needs to go away and build up a few wins and come back for it. But uh, I, I think the cut to uh, 185 was already killing Pereira. I mean, the weigh-in the other day, man, he looked he looked drained. I mean, apparently he gets up to 220 pounds when he rehydrates. Mm-hmm. Which is just insane. I mean, if he does really wear that in the ring on fight night, he's going to be a light heavyweight when he goes up. He's, that's 15 pounds he's going to be cutting. So, to, to, you know, to have that sort of size advantage at middleweight, it's kind of absurd, really, isn't it? Yeah. Well, if that's the case, and that's what Izzy said, then he definitely should be moving out. I mean, yeah. that's he's going to be a different animal at light oh, heavyweight. Yeah. Oh, so, yeah. A bit more of a natural... I, uh, natural weight for him oh yeah. yeah the like you mentioned the jury fight that is just a striker's wet dream isn't it that that would be an awesome fight to watch now real, real quick before we move on I, I wanted to ask you this chief so one thing i noticed about ap in these last two fights is 
I think a bit of a weakness in his style and it's how kind of stiff and upright he is because like when in the first fight at the end of the first round when AZ caught him with that overhand it was like real similar to what just happened uh, last night it's like he's he's throwing this left hook and his right hand is almost like down by his waist and his chin's way up in the air like he's you know like a statue standing up there and when he gets hit he doesn't he doesn't ever go to cover up at all he just kind of like leaves his hands down there and i'm just wondering if he ends up going against yuri do you think that's going to be an issue yeah i do, you... I, do. I, I think that's i think that's just like bad fundamentals isn't it like he hasn't been taught to keep his hand up and tuck his chin I think he could really benefit from maybe bringing a boxing guy into the camp and having him adjust them things. But um, he's probably he's old enough now; it's probably already cemented in him. So, like you say, Yuri's probably watching that, watching some footage before their fight, and he's he'll see that, and he'll think, "Well, can I sneak a head kick in here after he throws the left hook, or can I go to the body and then unload to to his head because he's got his hand out." I wonder if the reason he's been able to get away with it for so long uh, is just because people fear that le left hook so much, like they wouldn't even dare try and you know step into it. Yeah. So I wonder if that's allowed him to get away with that. Stepping into it, I don't know. It seems like standard procedure. Try to cut off the as, as, cut as much power out of it as you can. I don't, I don't yeah, know. I think Pereira is definitely one of them guys where people fight him scared, if you know what I mean. Pe people going against him not to get knocked out, and they're, they're overly cautious. Yeah, Mike Tyson type of shit, right? Yeah. Okay, let's move down to our previews. UFC Fight Night. This is in Missouri. Missouri, I guess. Uh, Max Holloway. This is a featherweight oh, fight. Max Holloway... I've been see I've seen this guy's name around for quite some time, and Arnold Allen, they rank two and four respectively. Is it is Max yeah. Holloway really old? Uh, I want to say he's, would he be early thirties now or just thirty? I think Max Holloway. And maybe I want to say he's early. I probably have a mixed up with someone else. Oh my he's gosh. Yeah, he's he's been around forever. I mean, Leo, just a bit of background when. Uh, McGregor, when McGregor was coming up on his tear in the UFC, he fought Max Holloway when Max was like a kid at the time. I think he was like 18 or 19, and it was like a it was like a really great fight. Connor Connor beat him like, but it was like a really good. You go back and you watch it now, and you think of like the paths that both of those guys have gone on since that fight, because Holloway was the featherweight champ for ages. He he beat Aldo twice. And he was just he was just picking off you know contenders for a little bit. Um, I, I I like Max. He's one of my favorite fighters. He's he seems like a really good guy as well. Is Arnold Allen anything to worry about, Nathan, or is Max pretty comfortable o here? Only, well, only because Holloway's been through the ringer recently. Like mm. he lost uh, he lost all three fights to Volkanovski, and when mm. a guy gets kind of locked into a bunch of fights against the same guy within, within a short amount of time, I feel like their styles sort of get simplified around that one guy they're trying to prepare for. Think of like uh, a Figueroa and Moreno. You see how Figueroa kind of... Is. Yeah. 
his skills really condensed and got you know almost regressed in a way. Um, I think Holloway is not going to fall into that trap, and he, I think he he should win this fight. But I think that's something to watch for. And also, even though he's only 31, he's been around for so long. You wonder if he might age a little quicker than you'd expect. Yeah, um, yeah. it's just something to keep an eye on going forward. I think. Uh, Alan um, Alan knocked out Dan Hooker last time out. And that, that's like a good name to have on your record. Alan's a good striker. I think he will pose some problems for Max. But I think Max will get the win, to be honest. I think I think he'll... I think he'll he's got enough striking ability to beat Alan, I think. Alan also did beat Calvin Cater right before yeah. uh, Hooker. So he's on a bit of a... He's definitely paid his paid his dues to get into this fight here. Yeah. Um, Another featherweight... Another featherweight matchup, Edson Barbosa, ranked 14th, oh. versus Billy Quarantillo, who is not ranked. Uh, I'm not, I don't know either of these names. Um, what's, so, what, what's the scoop? Uh, Barbosa, he's one of my favorite guys. He's uh, He's got one of like the most famous knockouts in the UFC history. It's a spinning wheel kick he lands on a guy, and the guy just goes stiffed up and falls over. It's uh, it's pretty amazing. He's he's a fantastic striker. I think we were talking about this last time out. He's the only guy to stop people with leg kicks, body kicks, and head kicks. Oh yeah, that's right. He he's second only to uh, Justin Gaethje in the leg kicking department. Like they're phenomenal yeah. leg kicks. Yeah. Fun. So another spinning kick to stop <laughs> Quarantillo. That's fun. Yeah. I well, don't... is is corn i feel like we've talked about this guy or if not he sounds familiar for some reason um, yeah i let's, can't let's recall that's all right let's have a look at him has he beaten someone he beat he... alex alexander hernandez mm-hmm. do you remember him tico him last he's already lost to shane burgos though if you're losing to Shane Burgard, I, I think Barbosa, <laughs> I think Barbosa will be able to deal with uh, deal with him for sure. Yeah, he's probably going to get chewed up. Yeah. Hmm. So should be kind of fun if you for like a highlight reel type of situation. Ah, uh, yeah. So Justin Dustin Jacoby, excuse me, uh, ranks thirteenth versus oh shit, Azmat Mur. <laughs> Murzakanov. I should probably practice these before we do this. That was a, that was a good effort, I think, Leo. Well done with that one. Murzakanov. Murzakanov. Like yeah. <laughs> if I had read it before... Like, it's weird. When I when I set up the outline, I don't stop to read it out to myself <laughs> for no reason. Uh, light heavyweight. So these guys are ranked 13th and 15th, respectively. Now, we just talked about Pereira possibly moving up to light heavyweight so these are probably going to be the guys that are in his immediate horizon right because these are the lower ranked lower ranked dudes so um are these guys what what is worthy of noting about these guys oh nathan you're gonna have to get this one because i've never seen either of these guys fight (laughs) i'm gonna be honest i've never seen Uh, jacoby or uh asma I think Osmot's nickname is notable. It's the professional. <laughs> Great. That's all I got. That's good. Um, Jacoby is coming off a loss to Cleo Roundtree. It was a split decision oh. on the Cater versus Allen card. 
That sounds. I feel like I didn't watch that fight. Yeah, Ra Roundtree's round Roundtree's a big imposing guy, isn't he? He's stacked. Mm -hmm. He's jacked. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. So maybe just. Not a lot to say here. Yeah, just keep an eye on it as you're maybe thinking about Pereira's um, prospects. Also... I don't think he'll fight. I don't think he'll fight these guys. He'll probably come in and fight like the number six or number three guy. He'll probably have like one fight before he gets the title shot. I'd imagine. Wow. He's so... probably going to be Yuri's comeback fight. Yeah, yeah, I can see I that. Ask UFC to do that. So, like these, the next two Tanner Bozer and uh, Eon Kudalaba, probably not going to face that ilk either. Kudalaba, uh, he uh, he's already he's not going to get a title shot anytime soon. I don't I don't know if I'd call him a gatekeeper, but he he gets matched against sort of the up and coming guys, and he usually does a good job of getting rid of them. Hmm. Now. Another bantamweight fight to talk about. Pedro Munoz and Chris Gutierrez, 9 and 13. So we had on 287, obviously, Christian Rodriguez get the win. Rob Font, ranked 6, gets the win. Yanez, ranked 12, drops the ball. Um, how, how do these two fit into the landscape? Because we, obviously, we, like the top five is uh, killer's row. So... Pedro might actually have a bit of an argument from, like, maybe proving himself and moving up, because he his last fight was against uh, Sean O'Malley, and that fight ended in a no contest because of an eye poke. But until before that eye poke happened, he was beating O'Malley. Now you don't know if that's O'Malley feeling him out and not, you know, not really engaging, kind of waiting for a counter punch, but you know. Pedro looked good prior to the stoppage, so there might be something there. I'm, I definitely would keep an eye on this fight to see how much of that is legit. Because he hasn't fought since then. That was. Oh, it was a while like nine ago. Nine months ago. Yeah, nine months ago. It was last July. So. Yikes. Would you, would you, Nathan? Would you stretch as far to say that O'Malley was downloading the data before the uh, <laughs> iPoke? Oh, definitely. <laughs> well, he downloaded it and. It, the software just had a glitch and just said poke his eye out. That yeah. was the easiest way to <laughs> for the fight to end, but the software didn't realize that no contest isn't a win. So. He accidentally it, bumped the power button. Yeah, Pe Pedro, Pedro, Pedro Munoz beat Dominic Cruz not long ago, right? Am I remembering that right? Oh, he knocked him out brutally, didn't he? Yeah, yeah. Uh, that This goes to show again how stacked that Bantamweight division is. Well, like, Pe Pedro Munoz is, is a good fighter as well. So actually, Cruz beat Munoz. Someone else knocked out Dominic recently. Yeah. Semi-recently. Hmm. Oh, Marlon Vera did. That's what happened. Yeah. Okay. Is uh, anything Gutierrez done noteworthy? I've I've seen him, I've seen him fight. Um, let me try find out what card it was. I've seen him fight before. Um. Frank Yedka, that's the one. He KO'd him with a knee, didn't he? It was a, it was a brutal one. Do you remember it, Nathan? It sounds, yeah, I think it yeah. Was... That was Frankie Edgar's retirement fight, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. I was gonna say, I think he retired after that. Yeah. Hmm. Anything more to add before we move down the list? Uh, not from. 
Uh, I'll, I'll just say, I don't think we really talked about it enough. I'm extremely excited to see Holloway back, and I'm even more excited to see him against, see him fighting against a guy that isn't Volkanovski again. You know, I know he got a win under his belt against uh, Kater last time out, but Max is a really excited, he's a really fun fighter uh, to watch. So it's to this to be a fight night card. This is a stats, This is a great fight night card. Honestly, this is a really good fight night card. Does it have the caliber of a numbered event? Um, not quite. Probably not, but some of the talent that's like a lot of these guys that are on here would probably would be main card on a pay per view one, mm -hmm. for sure. Cool. So it's not it's not like some of the other fight night cards that we've uh, kind of skipped over recently. Yeah, this one's high quality compared to a lot of them. So that's kind of fun. Uh, what isn't fun? Bellator 294. Nothing at all worth talking about on this one. This one's on April uh, April 21st, and we they they're doing another one the the next day, April 22nd. Bellator 295. I I don't know. It's like a Hawaiian sort of thing that they're trying to pull here. The two that I have highlighted were uh, Chief. You wanted to mention these: um, Aaron Pico versus Otto Rodriguez, a featherweight fight, and Kyoji. Uh, Horiguchi and Ray Borg, a flyweight fight. Well, well done on the pronunciation there. That was better than the last one. Yeah. Um, Aaron Pico was this young young project, maybe a bit like Rosas. He was this young prodigy coming up that had all this hype, and everyone thought he was going to be like the next killer in the MMA. But he he had a couple of defeats in Bellator, and I think he's sort of finding his feet again now, and he's put a few wins together. Um, He's he's got great skill set, and he, he's exciting to watch. So th uh, this will be a fight I tune in for. And the Ray Borg one, um, Horiguchi is a good fighter. I think I think I've seen him fight a couple of times before. But Borg's Borg's not that exciting. Not that exciting. I'm not gonna lie. Um, he's his his highlight of his career is probably that um, him getting submitted by uh, Mighty Mouse. You know that crazy flying one that he did. That's probably like the highlight of his career. When he did a, the like the suplex into an armbar. Yes. Yeah, oh that, exactly. man, that was super cool. Yeah, that's probably the highlight of Ray Borg's career. Been the guy that that happened to. <laughs> Being honest, I'm not wrong there, Fanama. No, you're not. <laughs> that's the only reason I know who he is is because oh, he pulled oh. that crazy stuff oh. off. Also, uh, there is another reason we know him. Do you remember when Connor threw the dolly at the bus when Khabib Oh, was, was he it? in the bus? He was in the bus, and uh, apparently he got his eye scratched by the glass. Yeah. Apparently, uh, and he had to pull out the fight next day. He didn't fight. Wow. Uh, so yeah. So yeah, he's known. For, he's known for being the guy that stuff happened to. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So uh, he was defeated by Conor McGregor as well. So, that's Sorry, Ray. Hope yeah. I don't run into you anywhere. <laughs> well, he's going to be uh, living it up in Hawaii, so I'm sure his worries are much fewer than ours. Other than that, uh, not much to mention, unless uh, you're really itching to talk about uh, Bellasnor, Nathan? <laughs> no, I have nothing, nothing to add. All right. I do think the Pico fight is worth watching, though. Pico. All right. That's, that's, that's worth turning into. 
Ooh. Uh, same night, UFC Fight Night at the Apex in Las Vegas. Uh, ranked three, Sergey Pavlovich versus ranked four, Curtis Blades. Uh, Yadong Song ranked eighth, and Ricky Simon ranked ninth. Brad Tavares and Bruno Silva. These are heavy bantam middleweights. Oh. And so for the for the heavyweight one, this could be end up being a final eliminator for the next title defense after Stipe because I think John Jones is going to fight Stipe next. So mm -hmm. whoever wins this, it might be a, a you know a fight eliminator for that. I think potentially. And whoever wins this fight is going to get absolutely executed by John Jones. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Poor fellas. So that, that's a, they're fighting for the honor of of being a John Jones victim. I, I feel like we shit on people quite a lot on this podcast, though. <laughs> we, we go hard at people. Not, maybe not that bad. I don't think so, anyway. <laughs> Uh, well, hey, if, if Curtis Blades wins this fight and he goes and beats John Jones, then we can <laughs> apologize to him. <laughs> I will call him myself. We're on first name basis. Uh, oh, I'll, send, I'll, send, I'll send him a handwritten letter. <laughs> uh, the other two, uh, Bantamweight, so the ranked 8 and 9. Bantam seems to be well represented today. Um... We've talked about 6, 12, 9, and 13. So, um, Song Yudong has got a loss to... Last time out, he lost to um, Corey Sandhagen. It was a mm -hmm. do doctor stoppage. He, um, But he's he's tough as nails and that. Yeah, he's got good striking, if I, if I recall correctly. And he beat, yes. Marlon, beat Marlon Marias as well. And that, that's a good name to have on your record. And he beat uh, he beat Vera as well, or yeah. that's who you meant. You meant Marlon. I was thinking, he beat Marlon Moraes as well. Yeah, so he's got he's got both Marlins down. All right, so he's uh, pretty solid then. Mm. Should be fun. Is uh, Ricky Simon? I mean, he's got two first names, so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, fuck that guy. <laughs> Can't trust him. Yeah. Um, no, Simon's Simon's good. He's got skills. I don't think he's got much. He doesn't have the same resume, but yeah. I mean, he he actually. Ooh, this is interesting. He beat Ray Borg back in 2020 on the Smith versus Teixeira Ray fight, Borg, so. the guy that stuff happens to. He lost to Rob Font as well. Ricky Simon did? all the way back in 19. Yeah, yeah. Ricky Simon lost to Rob Font. Interesting decision. Yeah. Huh. Interesting. So this, this be, might be like a crossroads kind of situation for these guys then. A, yes for Simon, I think. Simon's got a pretty checkered record, but he's he's put a string of wins together. He's, he's on five wins at the moment. Nice. Um, the the guy, the talent that he's beat are sort of okay, yeah. I'd yeah. say. But, um, yeah, it's... It's, it's, it, maybe this will lead to him getting uh, higher ranking, maybe by one or two. But like like we've been saying through this pod, bantamweight is just so stacked. I think like even down to like number six, I think it's just they're all extremely skilled guys. So yeah, good. and I think even one loss, you almost can't recover from it because you're gonna get there's so many other guys 
just outside the top 15 that are you know ready yeah. to take your place so it's like this may this probably wouldn't be a make or break fight in any other division but it might be for these guys just mm. for yeah. how stacked everything is can't afford to lose a really steep climb so you can't misstep anywhere cool mm. uh tavares and silva are these guys noteworthy so we had some talk on middleweight with adesanya and Pereira. Uh, these guys even ranked. Brad Tavares might be ranked, but if he is, he's probably like number 14 or 13. He's probably down there. Bruno Silva, I'm not familiar with. I uh, don't know if you are, Nathan. He was one of Alex Pereira's first victims when he moved over <laughs> to the UFC. Ah, uh, right. But you can't fault him for losing that. <laughs> oh, no, definitely, definitely not. Especially with all the weight that Pereira was cutting. Wow. Weight bully. Good to know they yeah. exist everywhere. <laughs> They're really prevalent in MMA. Conor McGregor's probably one of the most famous ones. When he was at featherweight, he was a huge weight bully. Hmm. Anything more on uh, this fight night card? Uh, not from me. All right. Well then, let's get to our talking points at the end. Uh, so we were, we've mentioned Colby early on. It looks like. Leon Edwards, his first defense will be, or his next defense will be against Colby. Hmm. What are we, uh, Nathan, what are we looking at here? What are we thinking? Who are we feeling? Strengths, weaknesses. Okay, so, so this irony is not lost on me, but I, as the American, am finding myself more and more rooting and feeling the Englishman <laughs> is going to win, yeah. while uh, yeah. the correspondent happens <laughs> to be the. Uh, pulling for American's golden child over here. So, <laughs> yeah. uh, I, I don't know. Like, this is really hard for me to figure out because I'm worried about, from Colby's perspective, he's not beaten anyone really elite in a long time. He, you know, he's beaten guys like Masvidal. He beat, uh, who did he beat recently? Um, I mean, that kind of says it all. He's sort of. He has the two losses to Usman. He's not really... I guess he beat Woodley uh, not too many fights ago, you know. And he's getting up there in age. He's in the, the mid to high 30s now. And so I have questions about, you know, his biggest thing for him has been his cardio. He's a high output, high volume wrestler and striker. And that's sort of the way he needs to fight if he wants to win. And I feel like if he slows down at all and Leon's able to take a slower pace and kind of draw him into a, a kind of a slower fight, it's like, I think anything could happen there. I think he's definitely open to get hit. I think Leon's got the skills to pull it off. And I think you look how Leon, you know, it's a different sort of uh, wrestling style than Usman uh, Colby is. But the amount of success he had against Usman, like, I don't, he didn't do anything on the ground to him. And it's like, if he could even slow down Colby even a little bit on the ground, that gives him a really big chance. And even if it does go to the ground, he's got submission skills. He's got the ability to fight off his back effectively. So, I don't know. The more I think about this, I'm I'm really starting to think Leon has a chance here to hold on to his belt. I, I was... Uh... Nathan, I was going to say exactly the same thing. The way the way Leon dealt with Kamaru's uh, takedown attempts, especially in the last fight, it just makes me think that Colby's wrestling Colby's wrestling isn't so much better than Usman's that I'm worried that Leon won't be able to deal with it. 
So I, th- I think for I think for Colby to win, he just has to put the pressure on Leon and just push a pace. I mean, Colby's never going to knock guys out, but he is going to overwhelm them with pressure and uh, speed in, ter- in, in terms of moving forward and throwing shots. Um, yeah, I, th- I think Leon would win as well. If I had to call it now, I'd probably side with Leon, to be honest, if I had to bet. I, th- I think he'll deal with Colby. But I think this is also, I mean, stylistically, it's a great matchup. So I think it's really, yeah. I think the fight just comes down to who takes the pace. If it's a fast pace, Colby's going to, you know, run through him in five rounds. If it's a slower pace, you still need Edwards to execute, but the chances of him winning go really high up. Yeah, if you give if you give Leon time to stand back and turn it into a kickboxing match on his terms... He he's he's just gonna destroy you. So Colby can't allow that to happen. Okay. Something that we forgot to do. Picks on the fight night card. Oh shit. But shit, yeah. that's okay, because uh while you guys were going off, I was able to tally him up. We got okay. uh Nathan with three and Chief, you only got one. One oh, correct get call. Him. That's why I don't bet. <laughs> Okay, let's uh let's get some picks on the uh the fight night card real quick. Uh Holloway versus Allen. I'm gonna go Holloway, even though I'm rooting against my British brother, Arnold Allen. I think Holloway wins that. I'll take Holloway as well. Cool. Uh Barbosa versus Carantillo. Barbosa for me. Also Barbosa. Mm. Jacoby versus uh Morzakanov. Do you know what? I've no idea. I'm just going to go Mazakanov. Uh, I'm going with Jacoby. I think Asmont's undefeated streak's coming to an end. I don't have any reason to think that. I'm just being different. <laughs> uh, Bozer, Kudaleba? Um, Kudaleba, I'll go for. I think Kudaleba as well. All right, and Munoz Gutierrez. Uh, I'm gonna go Munoz. Picking all my guys, Chief. I'm yeah. picking Munoz as well. Yo, do you know what? I'll I'll pick Gutierrez, and this is a close one. I think either guy could win, to be honest. I'll go Gutierrez because I think it's better if we pick opposites. Yeah, I think so too. <laughs> it's more fun, more exciting. Yeah. Uh, okay. Are the Bellator cards worth taking picks on? Pico, Rodriguez, Horiguchi, Borg? Yeah, I, I'm going to go Pico and Horiguchi. I'll take... I'll take Borg <laughs> for sure versus Horiguchi, uh, and then... I... Shoot. I'll go with Rodriguez. I'll be against Aaron Pico. Uh, <laughs> That's I've against the... my better judgment, but I'll take that one. I've got such the advantage by going first and saying these picks. <laughs> Here, I'll go first on the next fight night. How about that? Yeah, yeah okay. that's something. All right, Pavlovich Blades. I'm taking Pavlovich. Uh, I, 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 I'm, do you know what? I'm perfectly happy taking Blades. I think he's going to win. <laughs> All right, uh, Song Simon. I'll take Kriki Simon. I'll take Song. All right. And Tavares and... Silva. I'll take Silva. 
Yeah, I was going to take Tavares anyway, just because I know his name. You're going to take Tavares? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So okay. we're completely offset on this card. All right. And... Huh. Um, so we talked about Edwards and Colby. Darren Till is going is going to start a boxing career. I mean, he said that. I, I think he's taken a break more for like his mental health. and his, I, I don't know if he lives the life of a fighter anymore. I get the impression his discipline's not quite lacking. Who's he going to fight if he goes to boxing, and what weight is it going to be? Because he's been fighting at middleweight, 185, so that'll be you know nearly cruiserweight in boxing. Cut down to light heavy, ten more pounds. Yeah, like 170 used to be a struggle for him. Maybe 175 is doable for him. I think it probably could be doable for him, but I don't know who he's going to fight. Or is he going to do like celebrity style stuff? Is he going to be like Jake Paul or something? Low level, I, notable names. I think 175 is a horrible mistake because let's say he wins and does well. He's got Beevil, he's got Serbia. <laughs> oh, he's, he's never going to fight them guys. Though, yeah, oh, hell no. Probably not. But what I mean, even, even a guy like Callum Smith could knock him out cold, you know? Well, I don't know about Gilberto that. <laughs> Ramirez. Perfect. They can they maybe could do like a 190 catch weight since uh, Zerdo's shitty at making weight. Yeah, Till Till's pretty similar to be honest. He uh, for his title shot, um he said he said after like after the fight, he, he lost to uh, Woodley. Um and he basically said he his his camp preparation was just all about losing weight. They barely did any sort of skills and practice. It was just getting down the weight. Poo poo. Yeah. Uh, also, interesting note. Apparently, Masvidal reached out to Darren Till about going into the game bread boxing sort of thing. Ah, that makes sense. I could see that happening. I could see that happening. You think uh? Game bread might continue on with stuff. Um, what's it? The football player, Le'Veon Bell. He's still fighting, so I don't know that type of situation. I think Uriah Hall said he was going to continue boxing. Uh that makes he's he's the same weight as Till, isn't he? Uriah Hall. Maybe they could fight. Hmm. Yeah, there's plenty of you know reasonable options. That aren't maybe he'll murder. fight. Maybe, maybe he'll fight Roy Jones. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, we we don't need to keep you up late nights yeah. for, for that shit anymore. Um, uh, right. Now we've mentioned it before. Tank, Javante uh, Davis, Ryan Garcia. This is a big, uh, big fight in boxing. Um, two really high-profile, quasi-celebrities. So. Let's get predictions here. Who wins? How do they win? If it's not a decision, what round do they win? I, th I think, Leo, you, you're already team Ryan, aren't you, I think, in the boxing server? Yes, but not because I think he's going to win. It's I want right, him to win. Yeah, yeah I, I think Tank's going to win too. Like We were just talking about it in SP a while ago, actually. You think about it, Ryan's best win... Luke Campbell is is a Luke Campbell who dropped him and past his prime. <laughs> he, he was past his prime as well, yeah, you could say. Um, 
Ryan's, I'm not trying to diss Ryan's skills, and he's got great hand speed as well. I just think a guy like Tank, who has been fighting better quality opposition and has been in there consistently, doing camps, getting down the weight, you know, preparing for guys, and he's got that unbelievable knockout power. And he's got great boxing ability. You know, he can find your chin. He makes openings. I just I just don't see... I can't envisage a world where Ryan beats him. I really can't. Nathan? Well, what what are you yeah. picking, though? Like, what, uh, Chief? Oh, Tank. Tank, tank KO. Tank KO, yeah. Tank KO, what round? What... You could even give a range. Uh, it'll be... It'll probably be for round nine. I know that doesn't sound too specific, but it usually takes Tank like two or three rounds to get into a fight, doesn't it? It takes um, him some time, yeah. Yeah, so I'd, I, if I had to pick one, I'd probably say round seven. Seven? I'll just give it seven to nine. Yeah. All right, Nathan, who do you got? So my instincts say to go with Tank. If you look at him, he's just the more complete all-around uh, boxer. He's got sort of everything you could want more. But the issue I think I remember talking about with RGF on B-sides is he's not fought anyone, first of all, that's this fast, but he's also not fought anyone with this kind of one-shot power that Ryan's got. And it makes this fight really, really interesting for the first six rounds. Because like Chi said, tanks a slow starter but on the other hand ryan you know he kind of kicks off the canvas pretty quick and he gets after people and for a guy that relies on timing as much as tank does it might take him a little even longer than normal to get the timing down for someone who's got that kind of hand speed uh, and he's got to be cautious about it because ryan could put him out if he gets careless so i think it's super interesting i don't think this is going to be some kind of a boxing masterclass from Tank. Um, I think he's going to have to go through a little bit of adversity early on, but I just think in a 12-round fight, I think Tank's probably going to take it. I think he's going to take it late, like 10 through 12, probably round 10 if I had to pick one round. But that's sort of my read on it. But like, if Ryan goes out and knocks him out in like the fifth round, like I could absolutely like see that happening. So... I don't know. <clears throat> interesting, interesting calls here. And haha, I'm gonna withhold mine because you're gonna have to go over to B sides boxing if you want to hear it. Uh, <laughs> promotion there. Yeah, the pivots. Slide it in. The pivots nice. for the plugs. Uh, more extensive talk on uh, Tank Ryan. A lot of other shit going on. Uh, Fundora, Sebastian Fundora, the fucking slender man of. 154 got stopped last night holy titties that was super fun a lot of other boxing shit going on so besides boxing boxing in espanol other uh shows that we've got on the network friends of ours uh, real deal cinema and the ring gang so you go to our site lvxentertainment.net if you want to check that out where you can also see my overdue by about a week monthly entry on wayside monthly uh, I'm going to try to get some MMA into that. Um, I'm going to try my best. But that's it for us. Parting words. Um, 
I, I would like to say thank you to the good people of the NHS over here. I was in hospital a couple of days ago, and I was thinking about having to cancel this, but they uh, they've got me better. So thank you to the doctors and nurses, because I know the world wouldn't be able to continue if we didn't get this podcast out. So. <laughs> <laughs> I was wondering where you were going with that. Like, like I was gonna say, like, why do you get so fucking nice at the at the party parties every time? <laughs> like you dump on everybody throughout the card or throughout the the outline, and then at the end, you just, oh, everyone have a wonderful week ahead. I love you so much. I'm Happy Easter. Positive energy. <laughs> I'm trying to spread positive energy around the world, guys. <laughs> Just not to any of the UFC fighters we talked about. Just, yeah, just not to any of them fucking bums who put their lives on the line. <laughs> For our entertainment. <laughs> yeah. Oh, jeez. Nathan, parting words? Uh, parting words. Shout out to my boy Asus for giving us Masvidal's new nickname. Uh, now He's now known as Wasvidal. So. <laughs> <laughs> That's a great one. Oh, so shout out to Asus for... Oh, oh man. That's fun. <laughs> oh, shit. <clears throat> uh, let's see. My parting words here. We need to pull out... We need to put out a... Um, like, all, all hands alert to, to the, uh, the police in the UK. Senior MMA correspondent Brock is missing. We haven't yeah, heard from him in a few weeks. Uh, yeah. Wasvidal. Jorge Wasvidal. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's fucking good. I'm sorry. I'm sorry for. I'm sorry for interrupting you, man. No, it's fine. That, it's too good. That shit is. That is really, really fun. Aces is. He's a blast. When we're on uh, boxing in Espanol, he's he's great. When you can hear him riff, you know, like in his native language, he goes off. It's fucking fun. Yeah, that's great. All right, boys. That's gonna do it. Yeah, and right. peace. Yeah, peace. Yeah, it was a good one, guys. Have a good week. You too. Happy Easter. Ah. <laughs> positive energy, guys. Positive energy <laughs> in a basket. <laughs> All right, see you later, guys. Peace. See ya. See ya. Thanks for listening to this episode of our podcast. If you have any questions or comments on what was discussed or have a topic you'd like to hear on the podcast, you can leave a message on our unattended phone line at 833-589-7637. That's 833-LUX-PODS. For more shows like the one you just listened to, go to lvxentertainment.net.